If you love the presence of the Lord, lift your hands right now and start praying in the Holy Ghost. If you tasted of his presence, I want you to lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. If you haven't, lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. Kila mahasi tereyama dobareki shikita. 
This is a spirit-filled church last time I checked. Amen. Well, I wish I had some, uh, some people in this place who love the presence of the Lord, who are desperate for the presence of the Lord. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Exercise that prayer language that has been given to you by the Holy Ghost. A gift isn't worth anything unless you use it. All the importance of flowing in the Holy Spirit. The importance of following His will and plan. There's no substitute. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, hallelujah. One thing that I took hold of this week was just the importance of being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, on Wednesday night, m- night, Mark Hankins came up to the podium. Kenneth Hagin Jr. called him up, and uh, he put his Bible down. He had a message ready to go. But he just started praying in the Spirit. His wife started praying in the Spirit, if you watch it on, on the Internet. And doggone it, he just went right down. He just started laying hands on people the whole time. He didn't even preach. Now, how many ministers would at that point, you know, especially someone who's invited to a, a camp meeting where people are expecting to hear the Word, how many times would people just, you know, just kind of quench it right there and say, well, oh boy, look at the time. i got to get going here. I got to preach. I got a message, I'm, you know, but the, he didn't feel the release. And that's something I took hold of the importance. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, with that being said, if you have your Bibles, open up to Joshua three, two, uh, and I'm going to be going verses two through five. Hallelujah. If the Holy Ghost stops me in the middle of my message to start praying in the Holy Ghost again. I'll do it. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Joshua chapter 3, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses 2 through 5. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went uh, through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, Then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Say, go after it. Hallelujah. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may, uh, may know that way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. That's a fancy word for before. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 5. And Joshua, this is what I want you to take hold of. This is the verse that came to me, that the Lord gave to me for this message. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, 
For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Joshua told the people to sanctify themselves. Why? What's the purpose, Joshua? Why did you say that? Well, it's because the Lord was going to do wonders among them. And I'm declaring to RCC and the body of Christ that we need to sanctify ourselves because the Lord's going to do wonders among us. Amen. Amen? Don't always put it off to the third world countries where people are getting raised from the dead every day. Praise God for that. God wants to do that here. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, it would be helpful to you to know what the word sanctify means. Amen? Wouldn't it? Well, let me give it to you. The word sanctify means to set yourself apart for holy purposes. Sanctify means to set yourself apart for holy purposes. The Holy Spirit, as I was writing this message, he made it so clear to me that we, the body of Christ, can hinder the revival that he wants to pour out. If we don't sanctify or separate ourselves for his holy purpose and purpose is, we can hinder it or we can promote it. Amen? We must sanctify ourselves, prepare ourselves for what he's about ready to do. It means total commitment to Christ. Totally sold out to please the Lord Jesus Christ. No substitutes will do. Amen? Amen. Now, I want you to look at something here. Verse 3 of Joshua 3. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Go after. Amen? He said to go after. Pursue the presence of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life. Think about this. It should be the passion of every Christian on the face of this earth. Every person who trusts in Christ, who put their faith in Christ, every Christian should long for, desire the presence of God. Yeah, I appreciate that song that you guys sang. Ooh, powerful. Amen? Holy Ghost knew. But go after it. Now, that tells me that we have a responsibility to play in the matter. Amen? We're to go after the presence of God. We're to seek after it. We're to pursue it with all of our hearts. And don't let go until it comes upon you. And you're living and dwelling in the presence of God. Amen? Now, uh, you as a Christian, you should have an experience with the Holy Spirit every day. Not just one time say the sinner's prayer that's it done over boy that was the feel good feeling emotional feeling that i'm ever going to have in my whole life how many of you know that's false we as christians should every day experience the presence of god experience the power of the holy ghost amen Amen? now go to ephesians 5 i want to show you where i base that on ephesians chapter 5 Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. Well, I hope I'm talking to people who are thirsty and hungry for the presence of God. Amen. I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Now look at this. 
Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. It says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I want to point something out in verse 18. It says, but be, but be filled with the Spirit. That in the original Greek literally means this. Listen. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled. In other words, it's more than just one experience. It should be a constant experience of staying filled. Amen. Not just a one-time feel-good experience. Uh, it was, was kind of neat. Kenneth Hagin Jr., he said he was starting to get pretty bold talking. And, and it, the, the night he preached, it was airing on Daystar Television Network, if you're familiar, all around the world. And he said, some people say that we're emotional. And he's like, yeah, we're emotional. It's emotional when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. It's emotional when the presence of God comes upon you and fills your spirit. He said, if you don't believe me, he goes, let's see how emotional you get if you pull off that uh, electrical socket and you put your fingers on those wires. Let's see if you get emotional. <laughs> Amen? The presence of God, the power of God's no different. So people who say, well, that's just emotionalism. Well, there is emotionalism in it, sure. God created emotions, right? Amen. It's emotional. Well, glory to God. He, he said, after the Mark Hankins deal, he said, well, he goes, you know, maybe there's a little wildfire going on here. You know, wild, people getting kind of, you know, really crazy. He goes, but that's all right. He said, we can deal with that. He goes, I'd rather have a little wire, wildfire than no fire. Amen? Hallelujah. It was nuts. It was nuts. Uh, I was sitting down, Tom and I, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, it, it's all like when the Holy Spirit comes, the presence of God, everyone in symphony just starts jumping up. And you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. They just start jumping up, and they're dancing all over the place, and everyone's running back and forth. And all of a sudden, I see uh, this one, two teenage kids. There's a kid standing in the, in, the, uh, <laughs> in the aisle, and there's another one over here. And he runs up to him, picks him up, puts him on his shoulders, and starts running. And all of a sudden, he's sitting up like this at first on the shoulders. And then you see him like this. Then you see him like this, and he's on the ground. They fell over. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know. Hey, they're having fun in the Lord. Yeah, they got a little wildfire, a little crazy, but that's all right. God can handle that. Amen? God can handle it. That's why I get so ticked off when I hear people who just get born again who's on fire. Some old, you know, mature person, the Lord says, uh, you need a little wisdom. You know, you need to temper it down a little bit. Baloney. I'd rather you have wildfire than no fire. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Well, before I go any further with this, uh, the message, the title, by the way, is Preparing for a Move of God. Preparing for a Move of God is what I titled it. But before I go on with that, I felt uh, pressed in my spirit to bring up another scripture that someone needs to hear in here. Go to Jeremiah 18. Oh, it was, it was a blast. Man. The Rama experience. If you never experienced it, try to make it out to camp meeting or winter Bible one year. It's powerful. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 18, 
And I want to look at verses 4 through 6. Shoot, I wish I had a little wildfire up in here. Amen? Come on, catch some wildfire. (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen to this. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Now, I want to point something out. When I first got born again, you know, I was just on fire. I mean, it's an experience that you really can't explain. It's when, when you took, make that step and make Jesus Lord of your life, uh, you become born again. The life of God, the Zoe life comes in your spirit. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, oh my goodness, you're just on fire. And, uh, and I said, Lord, you know, this is going on like a week after. And, and I'm, I'm just, we lived in an apartment complex in Waterford. Man, we're running around. We're handing tracks out. We're dropping tracks over on the, uh, you know, in front of each doorstep of, of everyone. We're hanging up signs. I mean, we're just on fire. Remember that? At River's Edge. <laughs> it was great. And, uh, but anyways, I said, Lord, why? Why am I so, uh, you know, what is going on here? You know, what is going on? I mean, I knew I accepted Jesus, and I was, I was like, what is going on? And the Lord said, read Jeremiah 18.4. So I turned to it, and this was the first time that I heard the voice of God in my spirit, man. Amen. I knew it. Jeremiah 18.4. And Elizabeth and I, we were praise and worshiping in the apartment, lights off, praise and worship music on. And I, and I asked that question. And, and remember, Elizabeth, I said to you, I said, Jeremiah 18.4. Lord told me to go to Jeremiah 18.4, and he's got an answer for me. And it, and it said that, uh, well, glory to God. Hold on. Let me read it again. Someone needs to hear it. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. The Lord was telling me, I'm born again. He's recreated my human spirit. The life of God has come in me. And someone needs to know that uh, the, the marring of the past, the marring of your past sins, there's a reshaping going on in you. Someone needs to hear that. There's a reshaping. God is doing something in your life, and he's trying to reshape you. The things, the scars from the past that have taken place, yeah, don't worry. You're on the, if you're born-again Christian, you're on the potter's wheel, and you're spinning, and his hands are there. He's reshaping you. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you receive that? Yeah. Glory to God. Now, I want to give you some practical keys on how to sanctify yourself or how to prepare yourself for a move of God. Well, this move, you know, Joshua told the people, he said, you know, sanctify yourselves because tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders. Now, let me give you some practical. What does it mean? I mean, that's German probably to most people. Sanctify yourself. Okay, great. What do I do? You know, I mean, I want to give you some practical things that the Lord gave me. Now, keep in mind, this is not an exhaustive list. I mean, you know, I mean, all I can do is give you some points. But remember, it's a piece of the puzzle. Amen? Every sermon is a puzzle, and it fits together. You might not get the whole picture in one sermon, but everything's, stick around, everything's coming together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, anytime there is preparation, there must be examination. Take this time, as I bring up these points, to examine your own life to determine 
if you're prepared for a move of God. Anytime there's preparation, there must also be examination. Examine your heart. Examine your life, the Bible says. Amen? Number one, how do you prepare yourself for a move of God? How do you sanctify yourself? Number one, shake off worldly practices and mindsets. And, and if you have a pen and paper, write this down. The Holy Ghost, I mean, this phrase just came into my mind as I was writing this yesterday. Hate what the world loves and love what the world hates. Now, let's say that again. Hate what the world loves and love what the world hates. Because I guarantee you, anything having to do with Jesus, anything having to do with God or the Bible, the world hates it. So love what the world hates. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You need to shake off the sins and the weights that are holding you back with the Lord. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians 6. I want to show you something here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It's a popular passage of Scripture, but it's, we always need to keep it in our heart and in our, in our mind. Amen? We need to keep the Word of God in front of us, even if it's something you've seen so many times. 2 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 16 through 17. How do you prepare yourself for a move of God? Well, right here. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, or the world, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Well, evidently, there's some unclean things that we're not supposed to touch. Amen? Some people are like, well, I'm a Christian. I, because I'm a Christian, I can just touch anything and it won't hurt me. It's clean, right? It's clean. We're not under the law, right? Wrong. This is New Testament. Touch not the unclean thing. So obviously there's unclean things that we need to stay away from. And I will receive you. Okay, if you're touching the unclean thing, he says, I won't receive you. Just infer the opposite. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, it says, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And then look at 7 verse 1 there. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. What promise? The promise that if you separate yourself from the world, God will receive you. Now, it's interesting. It says uh, in, in the word, uh, I believe it's 1 Peter 5, where it talks about pride. It says that God resists the proud, doesn't it? That's written to Christians, by the way. That's not written to the unbeliever. That's written to Christians. So obviously, if, if there's pride in your heart with the Lord, it says that he'll even resist the, the believer because of that pride in their heart. Amen? So it's not a strange thing to say that he's not going to receive you if you're holding on to the things of the world. Make sense? Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Doing what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. So separate ourselves from the things of this world that are hindering your relationship with God. 
perfect holiness in the fear of God. In other words, perfecting, don't, don't let that word perfect or perfecting throw you off. It simply means mature, maturity. Grow and mature in holiness. Amen? Grow and mature in holiness. Choose to follow the straight and narrow path that God has for your life. And it's straight and narrow. What's it say? The road of the world is, or the road to hell is wide. Amen? But God says the road to life is narrow. Amen? Hallelujah. But don't kid yourself. You're able to walk that narrow road because of the Holy Ghost that lives in you and I as believers. Amen? Hallelujah. So there's no excuse. Hallelujah. Now, also, you may have to cut off some relationships or friendships in your life. I talked about this a week ago. The Lord put it back on my heart. Amen. Uh, if there's a friendship uh, with someone that tends to pull you away from the Lord Jesus Christ, cut it off. Cut it off right now. Because that will be a hindrance to sanctifying yourself or separating yourself for a move of God. Amen. Remember, you will only grow spiritually as high as the people you hang out with. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I'm talking about people that you actually have close relationship with. I mean, Jesus ate with sinners, right? But what was the goal? The goal was to bring them to himself. It wasn't just to hang out and have a good time and party. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Um. Don't forsake fellowship with other Christians. Uh, it's not a sin to have a Bible study or a fellowship other than Wednesday and Sunday nights. Amen? It's not a sin. Don't worry, you're not going to make God mad doing your own thing at your home other than Wednesday and Sunday. Amen? Fellowship with other believers. Have them over. Iron sharpens iron, right? Hallelujah. In fact, some of the most powerful times of the anointing that I've ever experienced has been when I've had, Elizabeth and I had people over on Friday nights and had a prayer meeting. Just shut the lights off, turn on Hillsong Praise and Worship, and we're just walking around praying in the Holy Ghost, and it's powerful in there. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But why? 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 Why were those times more powerful than sometimes at a Sunday morning service? Because the people who are showing up are serious. The people who are showing up are wanting a move of God. Unfortunately, sometimes we have people in church who are more reserved, and consequently, it quenches the spirit sometimes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen? But when you have those, some of those smaller prayer meetings, glory to God, I mean, it's just powerful. Because people are there, and they want that move of God. They're ready to press in with you. And there's unity, and there's agreement amongst you amen what's the key to the anointing flowing unity unity well if that's a hard concept for you to understand think of two pipes put together when there's unity the water flows through it freely doesn't it both pipes you break that pipe you're going to have a leak there's no unity amen so one way uh, i mean read psalm 133 i won't now because of time's sake but Psalm 133 talks about unity in the body and how the anointing flows because of that unity. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm talking about sanctifying yourself, preparing yourself for a move of God. Uh, number two, you need to position yourself in the body of Christ to flow in the gifts that God has given you. 
I'm talking about setting yourself apart for holy purposes and how to prepare yourself for the move of God, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that he has in these days. And one of those keys that he gave me, position yourself in the body of Christ, and you could say in your local church, to flow in the gifts that God has given you. And I mentioned it last week, you're not called to minister to everybody, you can't do it all, but you're called to minister to somebody. Who is it? You're not called to do everything, but you're called to do something. What is it? Amen? You're not called just to be a pew warmer. Amen? Amen? You're not. That's not what God intends for you, and you know it. So get that laziness out of you, whoever it is. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't waste time with things that you're not called to do. You know, now... You know, something like how Brother Wayne fills in for the computer, putting the words on there. Sometimes someone needs to step up for a season and help out. Amen? Someone needs to step up sometime, and we really need nursery helpers, by the way. Someone needs to step up sometime. We know maybe you're not called to do it. It's not your ministry, but there might be a season of of being a blessing, and God's going to reward that faithfulness on you. Amen? So there's going to be a blessing in it. So there are times like that. But I'm talking about your ministry that God has given you. Amen? Don't waste things that you're not called to do. You know, sometimes we want to be something so bad and we try it. We always run into a brick wall. Why? Because you weren't called to do it. Amen? Find out where you fit into the body and go with the flow. Say, go with the flow. Amen. That's how it is. When you're operating in the gifts that God has given you, there's a flow to it. Amen. It it comes easy. It comes easy. Like Brother Scott, you know, Laura, the praise team. I mean, they're singing. Comes easy to them. Why? Because that's what they're called to do. That's the gifts that God has given them. Amen. Uh, Sister Elaine downstairs working with the children. Like I said, if I if I had to sit down there every Sunday and working with children, I'd bang my head against the wall. Why? Because that's not my ministry. Amen? Amen? But she, she loves it. Why? Because that's where her gifts and talents and calling is. That's not wrong. It's not wrong to say that. Amen? Some of you got a shocked look on your face saying that I'd bang my head against the wall. Well, I just would because I'm not called to be down there. Plain and simple. Thank God that God sent people into the local church to do those ministries though. Amen? Uh, because... You can't and you won't be able to do everything. Just, just face it right now. That sh- like I said last week, that should set someone free. Some of y'all try to do everything and, and you're just banging your head against the wall. Well, find out where God wants you and flow with it. Amen? Hallelujah. The next way to sanctify yourself for a move of God is to be a cheerful, generous, and liberal giver to the Lord's work. Oh, come on now. How do you set yourself apart for holy purposes? To be a cheerful, generous, and liberal giver to the Lord's work. Now, that principle goes much deeper than with just finances. It goes with your time. It goes with everything you have. I'm not just, but it includes finances too. Amen? God says he loves a cheerful giver, as Brother Wayne read. Amen? Uh, But uh, God wants us to give ourselves and everything we have been given on this earth cheerfully for the promotion of the kingdom of God. Amen? Uh, and by the way, maybe there's someone who listens, who's listening right now, radio or, or internet. I know it's nobody in this place. 
But if you get offended when an offering is taken or when it requires uh, something of you such as your time or effort, you're not a candidate to flow in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? How many of you know anybody who gets offended when the offering plate goes by? Or when you try talking about it? Amen? Well, they're just not ready to flow with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then they're going to be going around the mountain for 40 years probably. Amen? Amen. The wilderness experience. Now, uh, now you must realize that being a Christian demands 24-7 availability. You are always on call as a Christian. Amen. Amen. Even when you go on vacation, you're always on call. Amen. Um, the people who are sanctified and prepared for a move of God understand the principle of sowing and reaping. And they're willing to give cheerfully, generously, and liberal, liberally to see the kingdom of God advance on this earth. Amen? Those people, when you come to that point, that's a step closer. You're getting a step closer. Hopefully the other areas are, are coming into place. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, um, by the way, with being a cheerful giver of your time, that requires that you value every person as God does on this earth. Every person. All nationalities. Amen? You value them as God does, and when you value them as God does, you're going to be willing to invest the time and effort to reach out to them. Amen? Hallelujah. The next point, to sanctify yourself for a move of God is to give yourself to prayer. Specifically, the Lord told me, specifically, tell them this, especially praying in tongues. Oh, my goodness. There's not one topic that's probably fought the most by the devil is praying in tongues. You want to be sanctified? You really want to be set apart for the master's use? Pray in tongues regularly. Now, what's, uh, you know, this, praying in tongues, is one of the most important things you will ever do as a Christian on the face of this earth. One of the most important things is praying in tongues. Uh, now, of course, for those of you who don't know, pr to pray in tongues, uh, you must be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues is different from the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues deals with a corporate atmosphere. Like if someone were to stand up right now and just start speaking in tongues or in the praise and worship, they get up, start speaking in tongues, and then someone interprets, interprets it. That's the gift of tongues. I'm talking about your prayer language, praying in tongues in your personal time. Amen? So there's a difference. Don't get them confused. Because you'll hear some people say, yeah, well, I just don't have the gift of tongues. Well, maybe you don't have the gift of tongues, but you have the ability to pray in tongues if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And you need to exercise it. Hallelujah. Praying in tongues is so powerful because you are yielding your will to the Holy Spirit's will. You're literally connecting with heaven. You're bypassing your natural mind. Amen? What did Paul say? He goes, I'll pray with my spirit and I'll pray with my mind. In other words, uh, praying in natural when you're, dear God, thank you for this day. I pray finances would come to me. You're praying with your natural mind because you understand what you're saying. You understand that? You're thinking about what to ask God. But when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is connecting up with your spirit and you have a direct line bypassing your natural mind to the Father. Is that clear? Clear as mud this morning? <laughs> 
Amen. Uh, you're basically, why is it so powerful now, praying in tongues? Because you're basically allowing the Holy Spirit to use your body, your vocal cords, to pray his will. Oh, some, I, I had such a revelation of that this week down in Tulsa. Such a revelation of it. Uh, you know, sometimes the most simple truths, when the Holy Ghost connects with you on a simple truth, it becomes so much more illuminated to you. Amen? And I'm going to try to explain this the best as I can right now. So you're basically allowing the Holy Spirit to use your body, your vocal cords, to pray, the will, to pray through you to the Father. Now, uh, remember, God needs a Christian. He needs a human being on the face of this earth to pray his will into this earth. Is that not right? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. We pray the will of heaven down onto this earth. Because God gave authority to mankind on this earth. Is that right? God gave authority to mankind. In fact, for Jesus to make it legal for him to redeem mankind, he had to put on an earth suit, a physical body. Amen. He had to come down with a physical body to have authority on this earth. Well, that sounds blasphemous, Pastor James. Well, just read the Bible for yourself. You'll find out back in Genesis, he gave authority to mankind, and he hasn't pulled it back yet. Amen? So for the will of God to be done on this earth, he needs a human to exercise his authority to allow the will of God to come to pass. Some things won't happen on this earth unless you pray for it. It won't. Why? Because God needs a human to be laborers together with him. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. He's, he needs that partnership. Well, God doesn't need me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does need you. He does need me for his will to be done on this earth. Because he operates through us for his will to be accomplished. Uh, he needs a human to exercise his authority. Uh, the human authority that God's given him. Remember, it's, God set this into motion. God set this principle into motion with the authority. Amen? That he's given humans. And that's why Satan fights tongues so hard. He knows the potential and power of it in the life of a Christian. You know, some people said, uh, you know, well, does the devil know what you're praying when you're, when you're praying in tongues? No, I say, who cares? He can't stop it anyways. If he knows it, he knows that it's powerful because you're yielding your power and authority and you're allowing the Holy Ghost to pray through you the will of God to take place on the earth. Man, there's so many, so many um, testimonies of, of because, I mean, we're limited in our natural thing, thinking, our natural mind. There's some things the Holy Ghost is praying through us that we would never even dream of praying. You might be praying for some, some missionary out in Africa when you're praying in tongues. God's, God, the Bible says God's always looking around for a willing human being. Amen? He's, he's searching the earth looking for someone that he can use. Amen? And when you're praying in tongues, he's looking around. He's like, all right, you know, this missionary over here in Africa needs someone to pray for him. Who's, who's praying in, in tongues right now? Who's praying right there? Boom. He starts praying the will of God for that missionary. And you don't even know it. Sometimes you will. There's been times when I'm praying in tongues. I don't know exactly what I'm praying for, but I might know the general location of what, what I'm praying for. Amen. The Holy Ghost might not reveal it to you. Amen. Um, can you imagine... If every Christian on this earth received the Holy Spirit baptism and spoke in other tongues and prayed. Can you imagine? 
Can you, oh, you know, it's so incredible to me how the Bible even spells out. It says, forbid not to speak in tongues. And you got pastors saying you can't pray in tongues in this church. Mm, mm -mm. But can you imagine how much more could be accomplished for God on this earth? How much more could be accomplished in your personal life if you really took the time and prayed in tongues? The Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Ooh, sounds like a little competition there, Paul. Well, I'm up for the challenge, amen? Are you? I pray in tongues more. Obviously, he did it on quite a regular basis. You can pray in tongues when you're driving in your car. You can pray in tongues when you're laying in bed. Amen? Pray in tongues. But what it comes down to, if you don't do it, you lost, you lost sight of the value of it. If you truly valued what's taking place, you will do it more. And trust, I, that's not a judgment thing because, I mean, I've even at times slacked. But, but sometimes the thing, you get so busy in life, you, you, it just falls away. And the value of it has kind of has left you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying it now. I told you we got to examine our hearts. If we really value it, we're going to do it. Because it's important to God for his will to be done on this earth. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's see. Where do I want to go here? Yeah, I told you that. There will be some things in your life and in the lives of others that won't come to pass unless we take the time to pray in tongues. Amen? Amen? Because our natural mind's limited. We need the Holy Ghost knowledge. Amen? Amen. And remember this, the Holy Ghost picks up the slack where we lack. Amen? Where our natural mind lacks, the Holy Ghost picks up the slack. Hallelujah. So praying in tongues is a way to sanctify yourself for the master's use and to prepare yourself for a move of his spirit. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I want you to notice that when you pray in tongues, you are exercising your most holy faith, that scripture says. You're exercising your most, say most Holy faith. Why? Because you're totally relying on the Holy Spirit to pray the perfect will of God. You're basically putting yourself in neutral and you're letting the Holy Ghost take the wheel. Amen? Does that give you a good visual? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Holy Spirit will reward you. By building you up or charging up your spirit, man, when you pray in tongues. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I said the Holy Spirit's going to reward you. He's going to pay you rent for the use of your building. Think about this now. I can't give you scripture on that, but it came to me just now, and I said it. He's going to reward you. He's going to charge up your spirit, man, for the use of your building. Actually, it's God's building. But you know what I'm talking about. For the use of your facilities. Amen? There's a reward in praying in the Spirit. But how much do we value it? Is it a reality in our life? Amen? Praying in tongues is, a, is vital if you want to be used by God to your fullest potential. The last thing that you need to know today in this message, to sanctify yourself for a move of God is to praise God on a regular basis. 
Why? To water the seed of God's word that's currently in your heart. The last thing you need to do to sanctify yourself for a move of God is to praise God. Times of praise and worship. I'm talking about personal praise and worship, not just twice a week or once a week right now. Not just once a week. But praise God on a regular basis to water the seed of God's word in your heart. I had a vision a couple months ago when we were praising and worshiping. And as we were praising and worshiping, as our praises went up, the rain of the presence of God was coming down. When you lift up the praises, the rain, the, his presence is going to saturate you and it's watering the seed that's in your heart. Amen. Every time you take the time and effort to praise God, his presence saturates your spirit, man. It's watering the seed in your heart. It's breaking up the fallow ground of your heart. How many of you know we all have places of our heart that need to be broken up? Amen. We all have places. Maybe it's something, things that happened in your past that's hindering your future. When you praise God, you're giving him entrance into those parts of your heart that are hardened. Amen? Hallelujah. Praising God will make you more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice and promptings. Well, I just never hear from the Holy Ghost. Well, how, how much time do you take to praise Him in your personal life apart from church? I guarantee you, if you got on a regular basis, started praising God, times of praise and worship like what Elizabeth and I would do, we'd shut the lights off, turn praise and worship on, and just start praying in tongues and just praising and worshiping him. I'll tell you what, I, I, could, I was so sensitive at those times to the Holy Spirit's voice. Why? Acts 13, I read it last week. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You just reminded me. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, then the Holy Ghost spake. So praising God will make you more sensitive to the voice and the promptings on the inside by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God, as I was writing this, God, I just sense it. God is preparing us to cross over into a new dimension of his spirit. Can someone, Chris, could you bring me that prophecy that's hanging up back there? I want to read it again. I want to read that prophecy here. That the Lord gave me back on September 17th. This is incredible. Thank you, sir. This word was given to me on September 17, 2005 at 5 a.m. Prepare yourself and the people, for there shall be a visitation of my spirit that you or your people have not seen thus far. For mighty miracles, signs, and wonders shall take place in the midst of the congregation as they lift up and exalt my son Jesus, my holy written word, and seek my face. Many shall come from afar, and taste and see that the Lord is good and that he dwells among and within his people. Prepare your vessels for this move of my spirit. It shall take place suddenly. Oh, I love the suddenlies, don't you? Woo, glory, and suddenly. It shall take place suddenly and last as long as I am feared in the midst and in your personal life. Harden not your hearts. Prepare the way for this move of my spirit shall even exceed your desire and expectations. My word shall be confirmed with power in this place. My glory dwells in you in earthen vessels, but shall also be manifested tangibly by all those who will come to this place. Just as the cloud led the children of Israel by day, 
and fire by night. My tangible presence shall do exploits in your midst, saith the Lord. Many shall come and be blessed and say, we have seen strange things in this place. My word shall be confirmed with power in this visitation. And I'll tell you this, something that Mark Hankins prophesied. He was so drunk in the spirit. And these words came out of his mouth this week. The next six months are going to be heaven on earth. Let me say it again. He said, he prophesied this. The next six months are going to be like heaven on earth for the body of Christ in general. That wasn't just a word for Tulsa. That was a word in general. And the Lord said to me, it shall take place suddenly. You know what the word suddenly means? Without warning. Without warning. But God in his mercy has given us instructions. He's given us a mission, instructions on how to prepare, how to sanctify ourselves. Now, obviously, I could only give you a couple. I could only give you, you know, a limited number today. But I hope you're examining your own life. I, I hope I've given you some things to consider, to look at. But I believe that this week that the Holy Spirit's going to reveal more things unto you to get your house in order. I said, get your house in order. Amen? Take back what the enemy's stolen. Amen? Be open to correction. Be open to change. Remember this. The Holy Spirit will never reveal something to you that is unprofitable. Think about, oh, come on, someone got a revelation there. The Holy Spirit will never reveal something to you that's unprofitable. In other words, everything he's going to reveal to you or show you in your life, he's trying to get you back on profitable street. Amen? So that's why I'm saying don't harden your heart when the Holy Spirit comes along. Sometimes the Holy Ghost uses preachers. Sometimes the Holy Ghost uses a family member to come up and, and reveal things to you. Well, honey, don't you think you're being a little bit harsh in this area? What do you mean I'm being harsh? You know, Hey, as John Bevere said, hear the voice in the voice. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through the person. Amen? Hallelujah. Sanctify yourself so that you'll be full, fully prepared to flow with the Spirit of God. If you agree with that, stand up and shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is looking out for us. He wants us to be profitable. He wants us to succeed. Why? For a spiritual feather in the cap? No. But for the promotion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For us to be that light. For us to be that city on a hill. To proclaim the word. Amen. Close your eyes and lift your hands this morning. Oh, Father God, I've spoken the words that you've wanted me to speak, Lord God, for today's message. And I pray that your anointing, I pray that your anointing would fall upon them. I pray that your presence would saturate them. I pray that that fallow ground, the offenses, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the mindsets that are hindering you. Father, I just pray that your Holy Ghost would reveal those things right now. 
and through this week, even as they leave this building, I pray that this message would be branded on their spirit, man. That they would not be able to shake this message from their mind even this week. Now maybe there's someone in here, you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus Christ is the only way. Amen. Like that, like that uh, song says, it's tight, but it's right. Jesus is the only way. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to come down to this altar, and I want to pray with you to receive him, to make it right, to have your sins washed away in the blood of Jesus, so God can start to reshape you today, and you can look forward to an eternity in heaven and escape the pits of hell for eternity. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've been a Christian for a while, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Praying in tongues. You need the Holy Spirit baptism. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, or if you have a problem with praying in tongues, I feel led to do that. I want you to come to this altar, and I'm going to lay hands on you. So if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, or you have, but you're still having problems releasing your prayer language, well, it's there. You just need to operate in it. But I want to lay hands on you this morning. Come on up here. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while, and you've fallen away. You know it. It's, it just hasn't been right. You've been high in a spiritual walk. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord today. Maybe that's you I'm speaking to. I want you to come down to this altar. I'm going to pray with you to rededicate. And lastly, maybe you need a healing in your body. If there's someone in here you need a healing touch from the Lord, I want you to come down because this is a faith church. We're not going to pray if it be thy will. But we know it's his will. So come on down and I want to pray for you. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. Maybe you're just having a rough time. Maybe you got depression. Maybe you have depression, oppression, and all the pressures that you can have. <laughs> Come on down. We'll take authority over that thing in Jesus' name. But maybe that oppression, maybe that's something because you've opened the door. Well, if you're not going to shut that door, you can get prayed for as much as you want. We can dunk you underwater and all that good stuff, but it's not going to help because you just keep that door open to the devil. Maybe you just need to make a change in your life. Repent. Maybe, yeah, repent. Turn from it. Turn the other way. And you'll see a time of refreshing come. Just worship the Lord.
I sense the spirit of prophecy is moving. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Confusion must go. Confusion must flee because the Lord says it's not of me. Oh, oh, it shall become clear. Just tune up your ear, saith the Lord. Woo! Glory! Go get out of here. Fresh anointing. I command these lungs to be healed. I command them to be made new. Woo! Glory! Oh, hallelujah! Woo! Woo! Oh, new lungs! New lungs! Oh, new lungs! Ha <laughs> ha Start laughing. Yeah, it'll come out like rivers of living water. Woo! Glory! Greater flow of prophecy. Say it the Lord. Woo! Glory to God, Lord. Fresh anointing. Fresh infilling, Lord God, in the mighty name. The name which is above every name, the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now that impartation. Yeah, there's some kind of impartation going right now. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord says, go with the flow. Go with the flow. I shall make it known. 
Hallelujah. Shamaramasikita. Oramashikita. Ramakocha bakishikita. Oramakishikita. Rebekoshi baba. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Oh, I hear the Lord say, I have a position for you in this next move of my spirit. And as it gets closer, it shall be clearer. As I get nearer, it shall be clearer. So draw an eye to me, saith the Lord. Draw an eye to me, and I will make it clear. There's no guessing game here. I just hear, hear the phrase warriors for Christ. Warriors for Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hear the Lord saying, you weren't a mistake, but you are in my plan. And you're still in my plan. You're in my hand. You're in my plan. I got a plan for you. The Lord's given you a special ministry. Now, he's not revealing what it is to me, but you know something, so go with the flow. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Yeah, Brother Sky's got a word for you. The Lord says, don't try to figure it out in your own strength, but I'm working it out. Yeah, and I'm going to make it clear to you, saith the Lord. So don't stress. Don't stress. You're too blessed to be stressed, saith the Lord. Look through the eyes of faith. Look through the eyes of faith. Yeah, the present suffering's just for a moment. Oh, Ramako, just for a moment. Oh, Goramako, Baba, stay on the straight path. Oh, Baba Rabaka, keep your eyes up. Keep your eyes up. And I'm going to lead you down that straight and narrow path. Glory to God. Shika Ramakshikita Rabakosha. Oh, Ramaketo, Ramakishikita. Goramakoto, Ramakishikita Rabakosha, Medehaya. Eko, Ramakoshima. Oh, glory, hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Yeah, and as you shout like that, the wall shall become tumbling down, saith the Lord. Oh, 
I hear attitudes have to be changed in this place. I hear some people got attitudes. God wants to do something, but your attitude's throwing you off course. It's like a ricochet. Oh, glory to God, you're trying to go through that target, but there's some kind of a ricochet. Oh, and it's because of the attitude. The attitude. The Lord says, keep your eyes up. Look at him. Oh, the devil's it's just a trap of the enemy. Oh, yeah, he's just trying to throw you off course. And for some, it's been working. I want you to come fill this altar right now. Come up and just fill this altar right now. Let's get on our knees right now. A church is not made up of programs, saith the Lord. The church is you. My power lives in you, saith the Lord. Oh, break the mindsets that are hindering the moving of my spirit. Oh, I hear the Lord saying, where is the expectation of a move of my spirit? Where are the hearts that are hungry? Where are the hearts that are thirsty, saith the Lord? I'm ready to fill them. Hallelujah. Oh, I just had a vision of the enemy. He's setting a trap for someone here. And right now, I take a Lord. Thank you for that word of knowledge, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I command that demon that's setting a trap for that individual. Demon, I command you to be gone in Jesus' name. And I command that hindrance to be removed in Jesus' mighty name. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, shamaramahasikishiva. Yes, yes, yes. And I am grateful for amazing love. I hear the Holy Ghost saying, take what you know to the masses. Take what you know to the masses. Don't be afraid, but be bold. Be very bold and courageous, saith the Lord. part and I do mine.
take this fire that the Holy Ghost has put within you today. Take it. Take it everywhere you go. Be bold. Open your mouth and speak to others about Christ. Be bold about the Holy Ghost. Be bold about the Holy Ghost baptism. Be bold about the benefits that are in Christ. Don't shy away. Be bold, saith the Lord. It's in my word. It's fair game, I hear him saying. It's in my word. It's fair game. Come on. Woo, glory. We're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. We're not ashamed of a little wildfire. We're not ashamed of the spiritual gifts. Amen, saints. Go and be blessed. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Be blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs>